0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, Jeremy here with Simple Little Life. Welcome to episode number 18 of the Simple Little Life podcast. This podcast is a smattering of things. We will do some making things, some knife things, all kinds of stuff. We talk photography, photography. And this episode, we're going to talk about bicycles. Before we get to that, though, hopefully you guys have had a great weekend and uh, your work week is starting out well. Uh, I had a really productive Monday today. Uh, I'm actually recording this in the evening. I was just, you know, sometimes when you're making progress in the shop and I I was thinking, oh, I need to do a podcast, need to do a podcast. But I was grinding some knives and the grinds were going so good. Uh, I was putting some, some handles on with like removable handle scales. And so you have to put the little aluminum... Barrel inside the handle, and you have to countersink the outside of the handle scales and counter bore the inside of them. And it was going better today for me than it had in months. And so I thought, you know what? I really don't want to interrupt this, so I just kept going, and uh, now I'm recording this in the evening. Uh, I apologize to Craig. (laughs) He does a great job. Um, I'm not sure about the other podcasts on the Makery Network, but I know uh, myself, I feel terrible sometimes. Uh, It's the 11th hour, and I shoot him a file that he's got to just do a couple things to and and get it live and ready for you guys. So thank you, Craig, for all your hard work. And uh, a little plug for the Makery Network, a lot of great shows there. Uh, Some really, really cool and diversified content. We've got some solo shows, some great interviews. And uh, groups of people that just have conversations. Um, it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoy being a part of this. So, the bicycle I recently acquired, uh, when did I pick that up? I think I picked it up on Friday. And I actually did a video about this on my Jeremy Gertz YouTube channel. But this is a bike that I have wanted for over 15 years. Now, I, I love, love bicycles. I, I think I like them more than knives. I don't know. I I can't say that. Well, you didn't hear that, but I really do like bicycles and I have for a long time. I think my, obviously, you know, as a child, I grew up riding bikes. I remember my very first bike. It was like a little green Sears bike, a little single seater with a banana seat and the big like chopper bars. Um, you know, I've graduated from that. I remember when I got my first really good bike, it was a Kuohara BMX bike. And, um, It was a Cal Light Edition. I remember when I was a kid riding that, I I got it off my uncle, actually. It was his bike, and I worked, and I I bought it off him for $100. And I remember I'd ride around my neighborhood, and it was way too big for me. And I always got these comments on the bike, and they're like, too bad it doesn't fit him. (laughs) And it was funny. It's just, you know, the first decent bike I had was too big for me. And I like bikes on the large size. I don't know if it had to do with my first experience with a really great bike that was too big for me. But the problem I have in in finding bicycles is that I mean I'm I'm not overly tall, I'm six foot two, but I like bikes on the big side. So typically any company that makes a bike, I'm riding their extra large sized frame. And most people don't ride bikes like that. So finding used bicycles in that size is really difficult. This bike that I bought is called a Surly Steamroller, and we're going to get into some of the details and what makes it unique, Uh, but Surly is a very interesting company. Uh, They're kind of the the company that first manufactured fat bikes. Uh, It started with the Surly Pugsley. And uh, if you don't know what a fat bike is, it's a bike with large tires. That's why they call it a fat bike. Typically, they're at least, uh, they're 26 inch by 3.8 inches and they go up to 5, sorry, 4.8 is the new standard, I think. Uh, but they make really neat bikes and all of their bikes are chromoly steel and that's kind of counterintuitive to the bicycle industry. Uh, most bikes are manufactured either aluminum or carbon fiber, depending on you know the performance level of the bike you're getting. But Surly sticks to their steel. They use 4130 Cromoli steel. And I love the ride of steel. If you've ever ridden, I used to have like a, a Specialized Alley, which was a fairly decent performance road bike that was carbon fiber. Uh, the reason they go to carbon fiber is because it's got a smoother ride than aluminum. Aluminum obviously is a very rigid uh, material. It's not malleable, it doesn't flex. And so aluminum bike frames are very harsh. You know, if you're riding on asphalt that's a little bit rough, it buzzes. Uh, carbon fiber kind of absor- absorbs a lot of that vibration. And steel does the exact same thing. The one thing with steel over carbon fiber is that it is, it's malleable, right? It can bend and twist and flex. And it can do that a lot better than carbon fiber because carbon fiber, uh, it doesn't have a lot of give. Um, You know, when carbon fiber bikes were first starting to come out, you'd see all these pictures of like broken frames. If you had a little, little tiny fracture, basically that bike was done. You know, it could lead to some catastrophic failures while you're at speed. Uh, but steel frames are a lot more forgiving. And then the nice thing about steel is that you can fix them yourself. You could actually, you know, if you developed a crack, if you're riding really hard, you could actually take it to a shop or you could even weld it yourself if you're good at welding. And the ride quality of steel is, uh, there's something about it. And if if you've ridden different bikes, and especially if you've compared, I mean, I've had aluminum frames, carbon fiber frames, and steel frames. And I just, uh, there's something about the steel that I really, really enjoy. So this bike that I picked up, it is uh, the Surly Steamroller, as I'd mentioned. And the unique thing with this bike is that it is designed uh, as a single speed. Uh, Most people will set it up as a fixed gear bike. And what that means is that the rear hub on most bicycles, you can coast. They've got some type of a clutch mechanism in there, a free wheel or a free hub. And you can, you know, while you're moving, you can stop pedaling and you hear that little noise at the back. Well, fixed gear bike does not allow you to do that. If the bike is moving, the pedals are moving. Uh, One of the ways they do that is you have a special, they call it a track hub or a fixed gear hub, and essentially you have the cog that threads on, but then once you put that cog on, there's actually a little step, and it's a slightly narrow diameter threading but it's a left-handed thread so you have the right-handed thread you put your cog on and then you put your lock nut on your track lock ring and that goes on left and that way it basically allows it so that that track cog can never loosen up and typically, uh, I mean, that's kind of a safety feature thing, uh, but what it allows you to do is to use your back wheel as a brake by means of just resisting the motion of the pedals. So when your cranks are turning, you kind of stand up, you lean forward and you lock your legs and you just lock up the back tire. And a lot of guys will ride these fixed gear bikes without any brakes. And I I think I had my first fixed gear bike about 14 years ago and I rode it for about five years without any brakes uh, one time I was working in Fresno, California and I brought my bike down with me. We are like living in a fifth wheel down there. I was working at the airport and the idea was that I'd have my bike, I could ride to work and I could leave my truck for my wife. And I remember I was riding to work one day and I don't know what happened. Well, I was, I was going really fast. I liked to give her and I was in good shape at the time and I was coming up to these lights and it was a fairly busy road that I was crossing and just instantly the light changed And I'm like, are you kidding me? I didn't even, I didn't have time to react or think. And so I tried locking up the brakes and I'm skidding my back tires. I'm coming up to this intersection. Uh, It was like, you know, two lanes each direction, plus the the road that we were crossing was two lanes in each direction. And as I'm approaching the intersection, I realized that I am not slowing down enough. That's the one drawback with a fixed gear bike is obviously if you're skidding, you're not, you're not getting maximum traction, right? You're not braking as efficiently as if you had brakes and you could feather the pressure and and lock your tires without actually locking up your tires. But I came up to this intersection and this bus started going. And I don't know if the bus didn't see me or if you just didn't care, but I realized that I was about to meet this bus. And so I made a very quick, I don't even know how I did it, a quick right-hand turn. Uh, My front tire went down into the little metal gutter grate on the side of the road, and I actually ended up kind of bumping into the side of this bus, but I did it like a body check. So my shoulder hit into it. uh, I was fine. Uh, The bus didn't even really slow down. (laughs) He was trying to get me, Um, but I remember at that moment, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know if I should be riding a brakeless fixie anymore. Uh, I continued to ride a brakeless fixie for another few years, and mostly I'd be riding it, you know, out on the country roads and stuff like that where you're not needing to brake all the time. There'd be the odd time when me and some friends would go downtown Calgary and we'd pretend we were bike couriers (laughs) and we'd ride in and out of traffic, all without brakes. And so I picked up a, another fixed gear frame earlier this summer, and I was out riding with my kids. We were on a really quiet highway, and my little guy was in front of me, and he just decided to stop. <laughs> and again, I was like, oh, shoot. And obviously being a little bit out of practice, I almost smoked him. Like I ended up having to pass him. I, I kind of rode down into the ditch, and I thought, oh, my goodness, why am I going brakeless again? So that was a frame that I had purchased. I purchased a complete bike, but I wasn't crazy about the frame. It fit me, but it had some dents in it, and it didn't have any way to properly mount brakes. Uh, these older frames, they're designed for 26-inch, sorry, 27-inch wheels, and when you put a modern 700c wheel on, uh, you need really, really long-reach brake calipers, and I thought, Sigh. I even measured it out, and even with the longest ones that I could buy, it was kind of uncertain whether or not I could actually make brakes work on this bike so i thought you know what i'm going to just wait check things out keep looking on classifieds and see if i can find a more suitable frame about six weeks ago i saw this surly steamroller in size large or extra large it's a 62 centimeter frame unfortunately it was in edmonton which is about three and a half hours from where i live but i messaged the guy i said you ever come down to calgary and this guy turns out is an incredible bicycle aficionado he had i think he had a bike shop that was closing down and so he had a lot of uh, frames i think a lot of them he had saved up for himself he actually had two uh, surly steamrollers the one that i picked up was an incredible looking bike the color is called metallic lilac so it's kind of like a light purple with like metallic flakes in it and then he put on this pink uh Chris King headset. It was a limited edition and if you know bike parts, you know Chris King is top of the line uh, and so I, this thing just goes so good together. It's like this light purple and this pink headset and I thought oh man, I got to have this bike. But I thought you know what? Uh he's got it for sale in Edmonton. Uh, I find it cuz I search all of Alberta when I'm looking for bicycles and I really didn't think uh this would come to fruition. So we kind of kept in touch over the next uh following weeks and um set up a time It was going to be early last week that I was going to meet him but they had their first snow in Edmonton and he got re-rended so he had to cancel his trip down and then again I thought you know what this just isn't going to happen there's, there's no way a bike like this stays available for this long anyways it all worked out on Friday I picked up this bicycle frame it was like snowing blizzarding this past weekend we were at minus 20 degrees celsius so we've had some crazy weather, definitely not the type of uh, the season where you think about buying a new bike, but I did get this Surly Steamroller. And so I put it together, uh, raided my parts bin, and I, I first put some drop bars on it, the typical like 10-speed looking handlebars, and I started riding it. And I didn't have brakes for the, at the time yet. I thought I had some that would work in my parts bin, but they're, they're too old. Uh, they're not going to work with the, this frame. But I thought, yeah, I'm just going to keep riding this anyways. So I've taken it out for a couple of rides, and... I actually kind of think that I might leave the brakes off of it again. And even in saying this, I'm like, this is kind of crazy. This is a little bit ridiculous. But there's something about a fixed gear bike, and it's definitely a love it or a hate it type of a thing. But there's a certain inertia that you get. Once you're pedaling, it's easy to keep pedaling. Because, you know, the cranks, they're forcing themselves around. I find that... You know, when you want to get really technical in your riding ability, you know, your cadence and how efficiently you spin those cranks, I find that you really learn quickly how to become efficient uh, with a fixed gear bike. So I've been riding this thing around uh, mostly in the snow. We've had like three, four inches of snow and I take it out. I've got cyclocross tires on there, which are, well, for anybody that would care, they're like 700 by 38C. Uh, So they're a fairly wide tire for like the typical, what people would call 10 speed, um and it's a great bike i'm really enjoying it and i'm still i've got some some brakes in my cart on amazon that i might go ahead and order uh, but for now i'm just i'm riding it every day taking it out on the gravel out on the highways around here and i'm really enjoying this brakeless fixie i kind of the the one thing with the brakeless that that The big reason I think I would want brakes is not necessarily for stopping because I typically don't ride in town anymore. I'm always just out by myself on gravel roads. Um, But we've got some fairly big hills. I mean, we live on the prairies of Alberta, but there are a few hills that I have to go up and then come down. And when you're going down a long, steep hill on a fixed gear bike without brakes you're basically resisting the forward momentum with your legs and it's fairly exhausting there's you know there's no free ride on a fixie you're always pedaling if you got from a to b you pedal that entire way and it also is kind of hard on your knees so i'm not entirely sure it's it's going to take a few more months i think and i'll kind of see where my knees are at where my legs are at Uh, but i do notice that when i'm resisting these these hills when i'm going down it actually starts to hurt but i'm really excited about this bicycle And it goes really good to my other. uh, I have another surly bike, a karate monkey. Uh, That one's purple as well. I've named that bike Purple Nurple. Um, (laughs) Might as well suffer on a single speed, and uh, really excited about that. Um, So that's pretty much been going on. Uh, I mean, the knife stuff and and then the bike thing. I've been busy. Uh, I'm going to start cranking out some more YouTube videos for Simple Little Life. I've got some really good projects coming up, and that sponsorship, it went it went through, like everything's happening on it. Uh, I've gotten stuff from them that I need, and I'm really excited to be producing that content. I'm not going to say it here yet. I'll probably wait until until the videos come out, but that's coming up. And then one experiment that I've been doing lately is, I haven't been on Instagram, Um I don't know what it was. I, well, I do know what it was. I was I was wasting too much time on Instagram. And I, I talked about this a little bit in some other episodes. But it's been over three weeks now that I've had Instagram off of my phone. And I would go on and check it on my computer. Uh, nice thing, again, with, with on the computer, like I mentioned in a previous episode, is that there's no ads, which I really like. Uh, but it's very clunky. Uh, so I am going to put Instagram back on my phone. And I think that this break, what it's really done is it's kind of caused me to stop and think about the way that I was using it. And I don't want to hate on social media. Obviously, I mean, it's an incredibly powerful tool. Um, I've, I've done very well with my business on Instagram. But there's a certain point, too, where I find it so easy to feel like, oh, I can just share everything. And I did. I mean, any food stuff, any bicycle stuff. And I think most people that would be looking at Simple Life, they're there for knife content or making content, ideas, tools, stuff like that. And so this little break has actually been really, really good for me. And it's just kind of been a chance for me to sit back and every day, it's weird, but every day I'd think about Instagram. Even though I wasn't checking it, I mean, there'd probably be three or four days where I wouldn't even look at Instagram on my computer. But every day I thought about it. And it's probably because it's been such a part of my life for, I don't know, like three years, um, actively on Instagram. And it made me realize that there's the good and the bad. And if you give it up entirely, you miss both of those things. So what I'd like to do is try and re-approach it in a way that I can maximize the good and then try and minimize the bad. Obviously, the sense of community uh, and the people that you can meet and the ideas you can share... It's incredible. And that I really, really missed. The whole community aspect of it, I think is amazing. And I was really missing that. Uh, at the same time, it was nice that when I was out in my shop and I was working, it was all on my own terms, right? Uh, there were no distractions. And ultimately, that isn't a problem with the app. I mean, I know they design these things to to keep you scrolling and they want your eyes on the screen. But ultimately, we're responsible for our actions, And I realized that, you know what, I just need to take a little bit more personal responsibility. The onus is on me to use it correctly and properly. And, you know, we all have great things we can contribute. I've learned so many things from other people sharing on Instagram. And I think about how how all the things that I just wouldn't know, little tips and tricks and ideas that I would not have if I did not have social media. And so that's the part of it that I really want to focus on: adding value, sharing things, even you know, inspiration. You know, when I see people finish knives and they just show uh, the before and the after, it's it's so cool. Uh, one one uh, person, a fellow podcaster on this um, this platform, Jeff Fader, I really like. He does these things where he'll do a before, one of those little what do they call? Them? A boomerang where it's like just a couple flashing images he'll do it before where he's got his handles all glued up and it's just covered in epoxy and then he does an after where he's finished the handle out everything's sanded and looks clean and i really like those stories you know it's just a little glimpse of inspiration because you know there's times in in knife making that's the one thing i noticed too it's weird when you're making knives and you're not sharing them um you don't want it to turn into a thing where you just bragging and being like, oh look at this but at the same time it's it's a natural thing for us to be proud of what we've done and be like hey you want to share it with the world uh, not no sense that's like oh look at me but rather hey look at this this is inspirational because uh, that's where I get inspiration from and I'm sure you're the same way you know when you see somebody with a really really cool handle design or an interesting blade they finish something out really nicely it's very inspiring and it, it makes me want to do better and so that's the part that I want to contribute. And I think that was a part that I I missed. I just kind of missed that stuff. And I know there's a lot of different different things that come up with social media for different people. I think that the making community, I, I don't know if we necessarily get this some people have, like, self-esteem problems when they're on the Internet or on social media. You know, jealousy, like, oh, look how beautiful this person is. I don't, I don't know if that's really a huge problem for the making community. At least the people that I follow, the people that I know, I don't think that's the, the case. It's not the case for me. Uh, but I just like to see what they're doing because it inspires me to... to Push harder and to work better. And, you know, especially with those before and after of the handles that Jeff does, it's like, wow, you know what? That is like when you glue up a handle, it is so, um, <laughs> there's nothing sensational about it. It's dirty, it's gloppy, it's gloopy. And when the, the epoxy's drying, it just looks terrible. And then a couple hours later, you know, you, you take your tools to it and you put your, your spin on it. You use your skills and you turn it into this beautiful, comfortable handle. And it's so inspiring to see. And especially that before and after. I really enjoy that. So Instagram is going back um, onto my phone. And again, I just need to be diligent that I make sure I use that properly. Because there's nothing inherently wrong with social media. Uh, it's ultimately how we use it and how we choose to use it that, uh, that can have some problems. Anyways, uh this was going to be a really short episode today. Um still working on this other podcast with another gentleman. We tried scheduling uh an episode this week and for last week and it didn't work out. Um He had some issues. A a tree fell on a power line, so obviously that's reason enough to not be able to meet and stuff. But looking forward to that and then looking forward to some knife builds coming up on Simple Little Life. And then again, the sponsorship, going to be some fun things going on in my garage. Uh, One project I'd like to do, I don't know if that'll be before Christmas or after, but I actually want to put a mezzanine in in my garage and mostly just for storage. But that would obviously really change kind of my main work area. It it would be kind of over my workbenches. And I think it would actually add a lot of options for different places to mount cameras and lights and then also kind of neat tools that you can kind of hang from a lower ceiling. So I'd have about an eight-foot ceiling height and then it'd be about five-foot mezzanine space above that. So not you know, usable workspace, but definitely good storage space. And again, I mentioned last weekend, you know, I'm having troubles with all this stuff. You know, the winter equipment right now, I've got all the bicycles and my shipping container lined up and I built these racks so that the kids could just grab a bike, ride it, and then put it back into this little wheel chock. And so every bike is, you can come in and out without affecting another bike because we had problems, you know, we're just leaning all our bikes against each other. And then my youngest bike is against the wall. So he's got to move all the bikes and blah, 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 blah. It was just a fiasco, but With us not riding quite so much in the wintertime, Uh, I still do a lot of winter riding. I enjoy it, and uh, some of my kids enjoy it more than others, but uh, I think a good little storage place like to keep bicycles, uh, stuff like that, it will free up a lot of room in the shipping container so I can put lawnmowers and my tractor back in there and kind of tidy up the yard a little bit so that not everything is under snow. Uh, I do have a recommendation this week. It is a YouTube channel and it's related mostly to bicycles. It is called the Old Shovel or Old Shovel. I'm not entirely sure, but you will find that link in the show notes. Uh, this gentleman does a lot of uh, bicycle restorations, uh, different projects for people, for his children. Uh, he also does some um, cool things like axe restorations, canoe restorations, and I think he just rolled over 100,000 subscribers. Uh, but he's got a really interesting channel. He does, I wouldn't, maybe it's almost ASMR type stuff where I enjoy the videos where people are working and you can actually hear the tools and uh, especially, like, it's kind of difficult in knife making. I mean, nobody really wants to hear a grinder whizzing uh, or drill presses. Sometimes they don't sound that nice. But when you're using hand tools, ratchets, and wrenches, and, you know, you're kind of prying on things, and you hear the little metal tinging sounds, I really enjoy that stuff. It kind of satisfies that, that mechanical part of, of the brain when you hear those sounds. But uh, that is a really interesting channel, the Old Shovel. And he does a lot of really nice voiceovers and uh, good, good content there. You might want to check that out. Well I wanna thank you so much for listening guys. I hope you have an excellent week. Hopefully you are very productive and that um, this winter season uh it's gonna be a good one. Um obviously there's more lockdowns and stuff happening. Um second wave, it's already affecting things around here and you know, kinda of think we're out of the out of the woods and then I don't know. might not be, but I think we can all just get through this together. Got to stay positive positive, encourage one another. And I encourage you guys, go out there and make stuff. Do your best work and share it with others. And when you see what other people are doing, be inspired by it. Let that move you to push yourself better. I think that's real beauty about this community that we have. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to check out the other shows on the Makery Network, and we will see you in the next episode. Cheers.